Hello, all. Welcome to SN Off the Shelf. I'm Chloe Riley, executive editor of Supermarket News. And today we are talking seafood. Uh, we have Anne Marie Roaring joining us today from her firm, 210 Analytics, which just released its Q4 Seafood at Retail report. Uh, kind of an in depth look at fresh, frozen, canned seafood, you know, everything you need to know about seafood. Uh, Anne Marie, thanks so much for joining us. So much for having me. Uh, talking seafood is always fun, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, Emery, where uh, where are you joining us from today? Uh, today, I am joining you from uh, Lakeland, Florida. So I think it's a little bit warmer here than uh, where you're at. Yes, it sure is. We've had many a day, many's the day in the single digits and the negative digits. Although today happens to be a balmy 30 degrees. So, you know, we're inching closer to that Florida weather that you've got, I'm sure (laughs) any day now. Um, I was, I was going to, I was going to say for uh, anybody, our listeners out there, um, if you haven't seen Anne-Marie's LinkedIn category reports, please do yourself a favor and go check them out now. They are smart, witty, bite-sized, peppered with emojis. Uh, They're just really fantastic, uh, you know, sharp categorical takeaways, and they are a delight to read. Um, So, yes, please, please check those out. Um, so, Emory, um, the the report, you know, indicates we've got a new set of disruptors in Q4, um, you know, for seafood, you know, to sort of add to our inflation worries. Um, tell us what those are, and you know, and why retailers should be concerned. Yeah, so I would say, you know, all in all, the year 2022, of course, is summed up by inflation, 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 and I could probably say that another ten times, but. Um, you know, if that were our only thing, then I suppose at the very least uh, we could fight on one front. But that certainly hasn't been the case for seafood altogether. Um, seafood, of course, got hit quite hard by the Russian sanctions as a result of the war in Ukraine. Um, but also, really, I would say it's perception. And part of that is, let's just say you go to a restaurant and you order a pasta dish or you order a salad more than likely the protein that is included tends to be chicken. And oftentimes in order to have either salmon or shrimp, there's like a five, six, seven dollar off charge. So their whole lives shoppers have sort of been told that, hey, seafood is something premium. Seafood is like an extra luxury. And so as we are looking at the fourth quarter where yes, we saw a little bit of a leveling off of the month over month inflation, but certainly there were still many other areas in life that did not moderate. You know, you still had your energy bill, your rent bill. I was just talking to somebody in Boston who said they were trying to up the rent for her apartment by 21%. You know, that is, these numbers are just crazy. Then we're looking at a fairly severe flu season already. We're seeing lots of weather issues as we just kicked off this podcast Um, We are seeing layoffs in the tech business. Why does that matter? Well, seafood tends to be very clustered in the higher income households. So when higher income that was fairly immune to a lot of this inflation, when they're starting to get hit by layoffs and those kinds of pressures, then it really starts to hit harder home for seafood as well. And what uh, is there anything retailers can be doing to get ahead of those disruptors? Or I'm trying to think these things all kind of feel like this is just sort of the world we live in right now. Is that right? 
It is the world we live in. But I think, uh, you know, in terms of meat, there's a lot of people who understand, well, you know, if you can't uh, afford a steak, then you go down to a ground beef burger or you go down to ground pork or you have a, a lower lean percentage, those kinds of things. The steps that people um, are taking in seafood are not as familiar because most people only engage with salmon or shrimp or just a very, very few. So what can you do as a retailer to educate on what might be uh, another uh, fish, fin fish or shellfish that is really easy to cook as well? What are the nutrient components? I think that is a really, really big one for seafood, right, is the health component, the nutrient component but really also helping people understand how can you stretch that shrimp dollar, much like you might use uh, mushrooms and ground beef. Maybe there's a way to approach uh, the affordability of seafood as well. Um, the other thing that we're seeing is people naturally already switching back and forth between the fresh seafood counter and frozen seafood. So maybe that's actually something to encourage and say, look, this way you don't have food waste. Um, you can eat it whenever you want and look at the price per pound, blah, 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 provide recipes, provide ideation. And one of the things I still love best is actually an idea out of sort of your neck of the woods by Wegmans that really says, you know what, if you eat out, you know exactly what your cost per person is, right? You see it right on the menu. You add some tax tips, whatever, you know how much you're spending. If you're in that grocery store and you're loading up that big cart of food, you have no idea what the cost per person per meal is. So what Wegmans does very cleverly, I think, is, is taking, let's say, shrimp and rice and some uh, fresh peppers, what have you, creating some kind of meal out of it and saying this meal is $3.50 per person. So all of a sudden you take that ammunition away that seafood is expensive and people are realizing that they can have a highly fresh, nutritious, delicious meal for a really favorable price. Hmm. No, that is so smart. And I feel like, you know, what I'm hearing from you is education, right? Like the education is key and also sort of this framing, like you're saying with what Wegmans is doing, um, just that uh, kind of perception of the value that you're getting with seafood as well is really smart. Um, I was going to say, you know, fresh, frozen, shelf stable, go ahead and break each of these down for us. You know, how are we seeing each, each perform, you know, kind of within seafood as a whole? Yeah, so in, in 2021, seafood had a strong year. In fact, the end of 22 was uh, of 2020 was unbelievable for seafood, and fresh and frozen were exactly the same size. So what we saw happening in 22 with all this pressure on income, people not wanting to buy things and tossing it out, we saw that frozen started to pull ahead a little bit. So frozen is by far the biggest now, which is a $1.7 billion category. Um, but even for frozen, they were not able to keep up on their dollars and pounds compared to those big, big numbers. Um, now, what we have to keep in mind is that really across the entire store, regardless of what department you're looking at, there are very few exceptions that did manage to grow volume and units. So there's no shame in that. Um, but it really comes down to how deep was that decline in units and volume and how much was inflation able to offset that? And that's where seafood is a little bit different than most, where most categories have seen very aggressive dollar gain because of that inflation, uh, whereas uh, really frozen and fresh, neither one was able to offset that loss in volume by inflation. So they had negative dollars and negative pounds. 
Now, that's where shelf stable was different. And I think it really went back uh, in the beginning of the pandemic when we all wanted stuff on the shelf and stuff in the freezer to make sure we had food. Uh, we saw a tremendous increase of those cans of tuna and salmon, et cetera, and, and what have you. Um, but I have to say, shelf stable is, is making a very nice comeback. And I think in part it is a, a tuna casserole, right? It tastes great and it's very cost effective. So that's something retailers have taken that to heart and said, hey, how can you make a fun uh, tuna sandwich or a tuna casserole? But with a twist, you know, something that's more fun, maybe some fresh ingredients, what have you. So a little bit of unit and volume pressure there as well, but a very nice gain. And uh, I would almost say that it's um, the other part of it is the innovation in that category. There's been some really good on-the-go solutions on those pouches that come with the crackers that become a solution to take to the office for the kids to take to school, what have you, because life has resumed its hecticness. So we need solutions. And that's where uh, Shelf Stable has done well. That's great. So it sounds Shelf Stable, it sounds like it's one of those uh, areas that kind of, we saw the boom in the pandemic, but the boom hasn't necessarily gone away or we're seeing nice growth there, uh, which is interesting. And to your point too, uh, just the amount of in innovation in that uh, kind of subcategory, uh, that sounds like uh, maybe it's it's contributing to some of that as well. Um uh, I was going to say with inflation, um, you had an interesting statistic in this report, which is, you know, we've seen store trips are, are sort of have reached an all time high lately that people are going back into store uh, with, you know, prices as high they are. They want to avoid the delivery charges. Um, tell us, why is this important specifically for seafood that people are going back in store? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that trend because I think it's an interesting one. We've seen so much trip pressure here in recent years where, People started to skip between, you know, I'll order some stuff online. I'll, I'll go to the store for some other stuff. A um, lot of restaurant takeout and delivery. But we all knew that some of the takeout and delivery models were unsustainable, especially the delivery models, the free delivery. At the end of the day, uh, the margins in neither food service nor retail are very high. And uh, little by little, we're absolutely seeing some of those delivery charges come into play. At which point, yes, one of the ways to save money is to go to the store yourself. The other reason is that there's just heavy cherry picking happening right now where people are starting to look at the different ads, whether that is the paper circular or check on their phone or go online, but they're looking what is on sale. That is the primary measure in which people are looking to save money. So that means that, you know, people are wanting to go to a couple of different stores in order to save. And the reason why this is important, especially for fresh seafood, is that it tends to be a, a what we call an immediate consumption occasion. So when you think about meat, most people buy over the next couple of days. Some even buy so much that they freeze and use over time. Seafood is different in that the vast majority of purchases are consumed that day or the next day. And so the more often people are in the store, the more likely they might say, hey, yeah, I'm gonna, the shrimp look fantastic. The salmon looks great. So visibility for this category over the next year is going to be key. And that's something where retailers are struggling. Do I keep that full service seafood counter? Um, you know, how do I present it? I personally think some of those vacuum packs look beautiful. You see those spices already on it. Some already come with some of that herb butter on it. 
Uh, it helps a little bit with keeping the fish uh, fresh. Um, and certainly people just like chicken, they don't want seafood to leak all over the rest of their groceries. So I think there's a, a lot of different merchandising opportunities out there to really uh, continue to engage with people on fresh seafood as they're in the store more often. Yeah, that and that is so interesting. That totally tracks with when I think about my own behavior when I go to the grocery store, if I pick up seafood, that is, that is a hundred percent what I think. I think, Oh, that looks great. I'm going to make it tonight or it's going to be in the fridge for a day and I'm going to make it tomorrow. Um, whereas, you know, like that with chicken maybe, or like pork, I might be more inclined to buy it frozen and just keep it in the freezer. Um, so that's a really interesting observation about, uh, behavior. Um, I was going to say, too, with um, seafood inflation, kind of just generally, you know, what are we seeing there and how are you seeing that breakdown by by species? How is that affecting individual species? Yeah. So uh, typically, uh, generally speaking, and I love your call out to the report, I'm happy to email it to anybody who's interested. But what we're seeing is when there's a lot of pressure on income. The last thing you want to do is spend money and then go, oh, I really screwed up this meal. It tastes terrible, et cetera, right? It's that whole, we don't want buyer's remorse when we don't have a ton of money to spend. So across categories, what we see is people pull back into the familiar a little bit. And that has happened in seafood as well. Salmon is unbelievably big on the fresh side. Uh, it hasn't had below average inflation or anything like that. In fact, it sits a little bit above average. Uh, but that is a category that has done extremely well in talking about the omega-3s and the, and the healthy fats and the, all the, the good things that comes from eating salmon in the diet. So I think salmon is winning on A, familiarity, and B, um, just the whole nutrition card that they've built up so long over time. And then on the frozen side, you really see that that strength of shrimp and not on the frozen side. You have, of course, more of the uh, ability to have it in the freezer, use as much as you want. And the perfect uh, fish or seafood for that, of course, is shrimp, where you can just shake out exactly how much you need. You can use it for different meals. And so really the versatility there of shrimp and even if parents want to cook a different meal than they want for their children, um, that works really well. And I would say another thing that we're really seeing emerged big on the frozen side is the effect of air fryers. And that would be another big call out to anybody listening here. Uh, I, anybody who's gone to a birthday party <laughs> or a get together, I <laughs> dare to proclaim that the word air fryer came up at some point. <laughs> People I love with their air fryers. And interestingly, so that has changed behaviors, especially on the frozen food side, but it's also changed behaviors of parents, of especially those younger teenagers or teenagers, and they feel comfortable for children to use that appliance. So that's where that frozen fish stick comes in. Uh, maybe some of the, the various seafood items on the frozen side. Uh, so those to me are, are other big opportunities. I love that air fryers made its way into this conversation. I love it. <laughs> So you a fan. <laughs> you know what's funny? I am a fan in my mind because I've eaten at friends' houses who use an air fryer, but I haven't bought one myself yet. I want to. It's literally, I could show you on my phone in the notes. It's like to buy air fryer, like at some point. But yeah, not yet, but um, I'm a, definitely a fan from afar. So, you know, I'm working my way there. 
There you go. And we have a goal for 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Air fryer. Um, so, uh, you know, I feel like what I'm hearing is that this fits sort of in, um, your report also mentions, you know, we know we're seeing a big shift towards value. Everybody's looking for value, but it sounds almost like kind of to what you're speaking to right there. We're seeing this value trend in an even bigger way for seafood. Uh, do I have to have that right? You know, the one caution I have surrounding value is that life would be wonderful if everybody behaved in one linear way, right? Because again, we would know how to react to it, market to it, merchandise to it. But in reality, it seems every single one of us has has multiple personality disorder, right? Where one day, um, maybe you were going to do a restaurant meal and now you're preparing something at home. So you're willing to spend a little bit more. Or another day, you know you're going to be crammed for time, so every single component is frozen and you just heat it up in the oven or beloved air fryer and off you go. Other times, you have meat that sits on the smoker for eight hours. And so in the same exact basket, we see ultra-value items, but we also see convenience and health and all these other trends popping up. So I would definitely say this is not a race to the bottom but yes, we do see signs where people are voting a little bit more with their wallet. And that is true for seafood and virtually every other category around the store. Okay, great. Um, I was going to say, what about uh, what about store promotions? Um, your report has some really great store promotion examples. Um, you have some really great visuals in this report as well. You have a, a great photo of a guy in a crab costume that I feel like everyone who's listening right now just needs to see um, because it will brighten up your day to see this man in this crab costume. Uh, we'll definitely be linking to Anne-Marie's report in our story connected to this episode if you want to see that. But but yeah, Anne-Marie, tell me, what are like some of the concrete ways uh, like this guy in the crab outfit? You know, what are people, what are, what are retailers doing um, that are fun, you know, fun ways to get people engaged in seafood right now? Yeah. And I think, again, this is a lesson across categories, regardless of, uh, of your, whether you're a, a seafood professional or beyond. And that is people are willing to engage and open their wallets just a little bit further uh, when they feel it is a special occasion. And that might be a special occasion for them, uh, like the classic ones, Christmas, Thanksgiving, even Valentine's Day, that used to be largely uh, food service, but has really a turned retail here in the last couple of years. But, you know, then there's a whole stretch where we don't have a ton of national holidays or there are ones that are very meat and grilling focused, the ones in the summer. So throughout every quarter, we do these updates. And what we tell people is, you know, first of all, you can be part of grilling. Don't forget about the shrimp kebabs or the salmon kebabs or the cedar plank, what have you. Like if you remind people that, hey, when that grill is going, seafood actually tastes fantastic off the grill, you at least have a chance to be on the dance cart. What we tell people when there are no national holidays is, you know, people love these, these, you know, National Watermelon Day, or I believe today is um, something like Stuffed Mushroom Day or <laughs> who knows what. Um, but so what a lot of retailers are doing, especially in uh, the Northeast, where seafood is just a lot bigger than it is in other parts of the country, is, is having these lobster fests and crab fests and these big happenings all throughout the store that celebrate, in this case, the crab, 
Um, but they also brought it out in bakery, right? They have little cupcakes that are decorated like little crabs, or they bring it out in many different ways. And it is really that enthusiasm from the store that creates the engagement where you just have to have crab for dinner that night or the next night. So I think the whole idea of in-store experience is something we have to continue to drive and strive for. It's, I love this idea of cross um, cross category thinking uh, with displays. And I love the idea of a crab cupcake as well, even if it doesn't have crab in it and it's just a cute little crab on the cupcake. Um, it's very nice visual. Um, I was going to say, Amory, two areas within seafood that you are saying you see as potential areas of growth for 2023, deli prepared seafood, ready to cook seafood meals. T tell us a little bit about both. Yeah, so um, deli prepared till this day is very chicken focused, that rotisserie chicken and fried chicken, and that's where most retailers hook off. And in reality, we see still good engagement and growth with deli prepared. It is cheaper than eating from a restaurant. Um, so that is an area of growth and focus for retailers. But at the same time, a lot of consumers tell us, you know, we're kind of tired of the chicken. Bring us something else. So you see some um, folks bringing in like a pork loin or a meatloaf, uh, sometimes ribs or they have a big barbecue outside. But what we are seeing some of the higher end deli areas do is bringing in a lot of salmon and shrimp type of dishes as well. They do extremely well. They have that health focus that deli prepared um, shoppers are looking for. I believe that that is still uh, a, a great opportunity to bring a different protein and something different, even if that is just one day a week kind of offering. Um, and then the other thing, uh, yes, I, I, you know, what we're seeing among young shoppers who are not as engaged, especially on the fresh side, is the belief that they don't know how to cook seafood. And especially if you come from a household that didn't cook seafood a whole lot, is it going to smell up my house? Am I going to turn it into a disc of rubber? Um, there's just a lot. And that's really also why I mentioned earlier, people pull back into familiar, which is shrimp and salmon. So how can you give them that confidence? Well, education, inspiration, as we talked about, is one way but also having it ready to just stick into the oven or stick into the air fryer or whatever your contraption of choice is um, can be a fantastic way. So I was at uh, Hen House in Kansas City a couple months ago. They have a whole fresh sea counter, seafood counter where um, you just pick the veggies that you want in there. They had like uh, broccoli and mushrooms and those kinds of things. They had various other items, you could pick whatever seafood item you want in there. It went into an ovenable bag, and all you do is stick it in the oven for 20 minutes while you uh, unwind from a long work day and, and dinner is ready. And so those kinds of solutions, I think, is what will get new demographics involved with fresh seafood in particular. Yeah, that's great. It sounds very delicious and very smart. Um, and obviously we're seeing, you know, just across the board, prepared foods um, is you know something that shoppers want. And so that yeah, makes so much sense. Um, Amory, I was going to say uh, final, final growth trend predictions, you know, looking ahead to, to 2023. So what we have been seeing is a couple of seafood items, in particular crabs, um, had some significant deflation in the second half of the year. And that did result in a big jump in demand. Now, unfortunately for crab, that jump in demand didn't quite offset the, the level of deflation that they saw, which was in the deep digital, double digits. Um, but it did indicate to me that 
Christ is something that is standing in the way of that good performance for seafood. Um, and so I think as prices are starting to level off, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to see that uh, demand uh, return. And that, of course, is a lot dependent on what happens in the larger economy. And then I, I just see so much creativity in retail to bring it into Delhi, to bring it into all sorts of poke bowls, sushi, et cetera, um, and really encourage people uh, also on the nutritional front. So I think if we hit it on all cylinders, we're going to see a better 2023 than, uh, than the tough year of 2022. That's great. I hope that we all see a better 2023 in seafood and in otherwise. Um, Emery, thanks so much for taking the time, uh, to help us break down these trends. And, uh, and then I was going to say, what's, what's the best way for our listeners, you know, find you find, find your quarterly reports. Uh, you know what? The easiest way I would say is always LinkedIn. So, uh, Anna Marie Roaring, Chloe will, uh, will have it for you and, uh, ping me there. I, she mentioned, I always post away on all sorts of different categories and always happy to share. In fact, I love hearing from the industry, uh, what you're up to, what you're seeing, get me pictures and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about them. Right, Chloe? <laughs> yeah, we will. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for joining us again today. And, uh, can't wait to have you back, Emery. Seriously. All right. We'll talk soon. <laughs>